the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, February the 11th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 11, 2020, the World Health Organization gave a official name to the Wuhan virus. They said, no, 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 it's not Wuhan, it's COVID-19. That was today, one year ago today. China kind of runs the World Health Organization. That's why Trump was pretty tepid about even our being involved in it to cut off funding. China has been putting more and more funding into it, and have a, they have a great deal of influence there. In fact, it's generally known that China put Tedro, the guy that heads it up now, in charge. That was their doing. He's their guy. So when they said, no, 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 we don't want it to be Wuhan virus. We want it to be something else. They said, of course. Some of these same people now are saying that they're looking into it to find out the real origination of the virus. They came back from China saying, no, no, it, no, it, it, it was not created in the lab by China. China had nothing to do with it. It came from a bat. And it somehow jumped from a bat to a human, and here we are today. We live in a web of lies today, and that's that's why we've got to build our lives on the solid foundation of the Word of God, which never changes. Today in 1812, Massachusetts Governor Elbridge Jerry, his last name Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, keep that in mind, he signed, <clears throat> did a lot of work on it. He signed a redistricting law that favored his, it was then called Democrat-Republican Party. The reason I mention this, is that it happened today in 1812, is because you've probably heard the term gerrymandering in regards to politics and districting and redistricting. That's where it came from. Good old Elbridge Jerry. He was the first guy to do it. He lives on in infamy. Gerrymandering. That's fiddling with the district to your advantage as a politic, as a politician. Today in 1847, Thomas Alva Edison was born in Milan, Ohio. Today in 1861, President-elect Abraham Lincoln bid farewell to his adopted hometown in Springfield, Illinois. He got on the train and headed for Washington, D.C., where he would be inaugurated president of the United States. Today, 1975, Margaret Thatcher was elected leader of Britain's opposition conservative party. She and Reagan had a very close relationship over the years, which was beneficial to both countries. Today, in 1979, fo uh, the followers of Ayatollah Khomeini, they seized power in Iran. Today, in 2006, Vice President Dick Cheney accidentally shot and wounded a friend of his, Henry Whittington. They were in Texas quail hunting. And um, I, I guess Cheney got drawn into it. Some quail jumped and he 
quail fly fast. I used to hunt quail all the time, especially as a kid. Uh, we had a lot of them in the Yakima Valley. I don't know if they still are there or not. I think they are. But anyway, they were hunting quail, and you you got to really be on it with quail. And so Cheney was, and he didn't pay attention to where his friend was. It, it it didn't, you know, mortally injure the guy, but, I mean, it did bruise him pretty badly. Some of the buckshot hit him. Today in 2012, pop singer Whitney Houston, she was 48 years old. She was found dead in a hotel room bathtub in Beverly Hills. Very sad story. One of the, probably one of the great voices of all time. Today in 2013, with a few words in Latin, Pope Benedict XVI did what no pope had done for more than 500 years. He announced his resignation. When we have political actors, we get political theater, and that's what's happening in this Trump fiasco that has dominated and is dominating Congress. We elect all these people, pay them very high wages, send them to Washington, D.C., where they camp out for a lifetime if they can. They don't, they rarely ever just quit. Sometimes they retire when they're 80 or 90 years old, but it's a pretty cush job. They go there to do the so-called, quote-unquote, business of the people. I don't want to sound cynical because I don't want to be, and I'm not. I don't think I am. But I will tell you, it's bothersome when you really take a look at how something that was so beautiful, not perfect, but beautiful, started out. Founders came together. They were very acutely aware of the abuses that can come under bad government. In their case, a king who was a tyrant. They were well aware of that. They knew where people can go and what, the, what their capacity, even their own capacity for sin, for brokenness was. So they put together the most incredible constitution, the most incredible country in the history of the world. And it was so incredible that God blessed it. Not because it was perfect, but we're not as bad as they say we are when they keep getting on their knees and kneeling when the Star Spangled Banner is played and all of that kind of nonsense. America's a good country, and we've been good because we attached ourselves to eternal values, Judeo-Christian values. And because we attached ourselves to those values, God blessed us. And our nation had some sense of direction and footing, and a foundation upon which we could build a great country. And we did. And America has blessed the world in so many ways. But from time to time, people gain power in America who don't see it that way. They see a different America. Barack Obama was infamous for that. Sometimes you would think he almost hated America, and then he would say, no, 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 I'm, I'm America's... Exceptional? It's exceptional, just like the people that live in Greece think Greece is exceptional, and then he would diminish his statement. But for the most part, people who have lived here and do live here, and if they've traveled at all, or if they're informed at all, they know that America is still a great country. But I'll tell you what's going on in our Congress today looks to me like some of the little banana republics that I've seen in, in missionary work in the far darkest corners of the earth. 
Those people in Washington, D.C. today, and I'm not speaking in defense of Trump. He can defend himself. He doesn't need me, for sure. But those people in Washington, D.C. are carrying on what is a third-rate stage show. It wouldn't even open on Broadway. It's that pathetic. We have these political actors involved. We get political theater. That's what we're getting. Is this now, is the Senate now the judiciary for the country? Is the Senate now the judiciary that's going to try citizens? That's what they're doing. They're trying a citizen. They're not only trying to bring him down and further denigrate him, but they're trying to keep him from doing certain things in his life for the rest of his life. He's not only banned for life on Twitter, but they're trying to ban him from life itself. I don't think they'll succeed. But if they can do that, what can they do to the little people out here, you and me? We're not Donald Trump or whomever. This is getting a little concerning, I'll tell you. Virtually everybody agrees that, a, that, that impeachment in our Constitution is designed for three categories. They're listed in Article 2, Section 4. That's the president, the vice president, and civil officers. So people that are still serving in office are the ones that the Constitution gives these people the right to impeach. But they're trying to impeach someone who's not in office. He's a private citizen. It doesn't matter how much they hate him. It doesn't matter how much they want to destroy his life. They're not supposed to do that under the Constitution. And yet they are claiming that he is the one who violated consistently the Constitution. Well, they are in great, the greatest violation of our Constitution probably since our founding. That's where we are today. House Democrats, joined by 10 Republicans, they voted on January 13th to approve a single article of impeachment against Trump for incitement of insurrection making him the first president to be impeached twice. On February 9th, he became the first former president to stand trial. These people don't even have the power to do what they're doing, and nobody's challenging them except on the fringes. Where are our people? And some of our people, some from Washington State, are voting with them, Republicans, with them, and this charade. And again, this is not in defense of Trump. It's in defense of our country. I'm concerned. I'm just one guy out here. I mean, they don't care what I think. But I care. And I care what you think. And they should care what we think. But they don't, really. I mean, except when we're approaching election time, then they get real cozy and, you know, they get, you know, the drill. You've been through it before. They want our vote, they want our money, and then they take off and go back to Washington, D.C. and do what they do. But it's sad. But when we see these kinds of things emerge, it should be more than sad. We should be concerned. Democrats allege that the president incited violence at the Capitol in a speech he delivered. I've gone over this speech. The words that he used that they like to single out is he, he, told, was, he was telling people, to fight like H-E-L-L, he said that several times, in regards to our rights and our freedoms and our liberties and so on. But he also said that he wanted to, them to do it peacefully. He said it very distinctly, and, and he repeated it. And this was before the 
the surge against the Capitol building. But these people are forgetting that part because they're piecing together something that should not and does not exist in reality. They allege that he incited violence at the Capitol in a speech he delivered near the White House. They're putting all these pieces together. We should be concerned. There's a separation of powers conflict here. The Senate becomes more and more the judiciary. Now, if they can go after someone that's a citizen like Donald Trump today, they can indict you tomorrow. You say, no, that wouldn't happen. Well, it could. That's the path they're on. They can indict me. They can prevent you or me from running for office. Well, I wasn't planning to run for office. Yeah, but there are people out there that are good people that are. And what if they don't like them? This is a pattern that's not new. This is something that we've seen in history. I've seen the result of it personally. I've been in the country among the people, not as a tourist, but as a missionary, as an evangelist, preaching, building churches, starting churches. I've seen this kind of thing. It's called a banana republic in most ca- in most cases. That wasn't the view of our founding fathers. When you abuse a constitutional provision in one instance, other people are going to be able to do it again. They call it precedent. They say, well, it, this back in 2021, they did such and such. Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution has been taken, separated, and mixed with some of the language in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment in a way that is kind of masterful if you're a deception, a person of deception, but it is very deceptive. The reason they're doing this is because on the one hand, they want to say he's president. On the other hand, they want to say it doesn't matter if he's president. He did something awful, and we must impeach him even if he isn't in office. Putting those things together is what they're doing in D.C. as we speak today. And in a way, they're trying to make their case using two sides of an argument, the two best sides, but both are flawed and neither are true. It's simply uh, political theater. They've taken a few kernels of truth, a few phrases out of the Constitution that are obviously there, even a few historical stories. They've used those to weave something together to create a fantasy of a situation that has never been done in the history of our nation before. But it feels, it kind of feels like it's accurate if you're, well, if you're just an ordinary person like most of us, particularly if you're kind of uninformed. They take the truth, they throw a few kernels of truth into the mix, and it does sort of feel like it's okay what they're doing, but it's not. It's a lie. It's deception. I think we should be reminded that deception, the first evidence of deception that we see in the Bible, is right at the beginning. And the tactics that the serpent used when he deceived Eve was kind of a mix of total lie and kind of truth. Admitting that God is a good God, but surely he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Because he is good. That's how this rolls, and that's what's happening in Washington, D.C. as we speak today. And meantime, our country is stumbling and staggering 
through lack of leadership. Other than that, I have no opinion on what's going on in Washington, D.C., but thanks for hearing me out. That's what I believe is happening. That's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 31, verse 24, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Our hope is not in Washington, D.C., but we do have a responsibility. If I didn't believe that, we wouldn't be having this conversation today because I wouldn't do what we do on the radio. But I do believe that we have a responsibility just as as those that were, were given various amounts of, of wealth in the parable of the talents. So it is that each of us has been given something. We've been given a life and we've been given freedom and God will hold us responsible for what we have been given. To whom much is given, much is required. Isaiah says times will be tough. Sometimes we'll look around and say, wow, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, you're going to make it because God is with you. Isaiah took his pen in his hand under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he wrote words that you've probably memorized. I hope you have. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the word of the Lord. So if you're feeling a little weary, a little tired, in fact, you're so sick and tired of what's going on in our country today, in our nation, our culture, you could faint. Well, don't. Just wait upon the Lord. He will renew your strength. You can fly, you can run, you can walk. Well, maybe you won't want to run, but you can walk. You won't be weary. You won't faint. You're going to be okay in the strength of the Lord. I want to thank you, all of you, for supporting this. As I have said so often, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, we wouldn't be here without you. You are the person that allows me to turn on the microphone every day and do what we do. This program originates live, and um, a lot of effort goes into it, not just from our point of view and from me personally, but from a number of people. And um, I want to thank them, of course, as well. But thank you for standing with us. We'll do this as long as you'll stand with me and support us in our endeavor. And when you don't, I won't. (laughs) But thank you. There's a lot going on today, and we do our best every day to get to the heart of it, but do so from a biblical perspective. Look at the news, look what's happening, and do it looking through the lens of God's word because that is the only way that we can keep our balance in a world in which we live. It is out of control for sure. And the people that are running this thing now, some of them are are crazy to the left. They're radical, they're far out, and they do it in the name of the Lord in some cases. And they're making policies. The policy uh, folders are stacked up on the president's desk now, Biden. I mean, they're, they're three feet high. I don't know if he knows all that he's doing. But all of us will live with the consequences of it. And much of it has to do with policies that he's reversing from the previous administration that are in line with God's word. 
forget the person of Trump, what he did was biblical in so many cases in regards to abortion and human sexuality and and gender and all of these things that are important should be to all of us, but certainly to biblical Christians. This man has no regard for that. And he's just, he's going to run out of ink, hopefully. But he's just signing these things like in mass. It's like Henry Ford's mass production line. They're just running these things in front of him and he's signing them. We will get through this, but it's not pleasant. And it's not easy. And it's difficult. And each day we come on the air to tell you what happened. But more importantly, to tell you and remind you what you know is that God is in control. So thank you for your support of this. We just would be gone without it. So thank you. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to faithandfreedom.us. Dot us. There's other. There are a lot of faith and freedoms out there now. There weren't when we first started using that name, and um, a lot of a lot of organizations have started up and are using that that phrase that we coined back in 2004. So you could get. There's a Muslim site that's faith and freedom. There are several other sites. A couple of good, better Christian sites, but we're faithandfreedom.us. Go there and you can donate. You can see a little tab to donate there, and more and more of you are doing that. But thank you for standing. We, we need your help. We need your support each month. So thank you for remembering us. This week, the Biden administration very quietly withdrew a rule proposed by Trump, the Trump administration, that would have required American schools and universities to disclose their partnerships with China's Confucius Institutes. Those are just fronts in our schools for the Chinese Communist Party. They are. There's no even dispute about that. Why would Biden keep those partnerships in the dark? For the same reasons that Obama did. There may be a couple of others as well. Got a few minutes left this morning. I'd like to talk to you about that. I wrote a fairly extensive article on that subject today, published it on our website, faithandfreedom.us. But parents should be aware of this. The Trump administration submitted a proposal, proposed rule to the Department of Homeland Security on December 31st, 2020. It was entitled, it has a long title, but it was called Establishing Requirement for Student and Exchange Visitor Program Certified Schools to Disclose Agreements with Confucius Institutes and Classrooms. There's about 500 kindergarten through grade 12 schools about 65 colleges or universities, as best we can tell, in the U.S. that have partnerships with the Confucius Institutes. As I said, they are a front for the Communist Party in China. That's well known. I mean, nobody disputes that. They're operating on our campuses. The Institute is also known as Hanban, and sometimes they use that word, H-A-N-B-A-N. They use that word because it's a little more misleading. Confucius, like, oh, I know, yeah, he's Chinese. Or whatever, but people don't make the connection as well, and they use that deceptively sometimes. They call it handband, but it's it's publicly affiliated with the Chinese Ministry of Education, of which is run by mostly by members of the Chinese Communist Party in China. 
Confucius Institute are pervasive. In many cases, they're a dependable support partner with our own schools here in America, public education and private, but they've become a direct conduit of influence in American schools. On January 11, 2021, Axios reported that the Trump administration was, was trying to push this through. They weren't favorable, but they were trying to expose it to the left. They said just last month, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo urged universities to take <clears throat> seriously concerns of China's influence through funding and student programs. He went on to call for Confucius Institutes to close. Well, he did. Pompeo did exactly that. Axios also reported that Trump's policy would require schools, K-12, and colleges that are certified to have foreign exchange programs to disclose any contracts, partnerships, financial transactions. Here's why. A report from the Senate Select Committee on Investigations found that nearly 70% of schools are receiving more than $250,000 from Chinese organizations related to the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party, but they're not reporting the funding, and that's illegal, but they're just not, haven't been punished. So Trump was calling them to task and saying, hey, we need to know, the American people need to know how much money you're getting from the Chinese people, which is overseen by the Communist Party. Homeland Security says that this makes it possible for the U.S. government to discern the level of influence on China and what exactly they're saying in our schools. It's an amazing thing. China started this program back in 2004, and it's different. There are a lot of countries that have institutes or centers around our campuses, but all of them, Great Britain, Germany, France, all those guys, they have places on our university campuses, but they're not in the, in the institution itself. They're near it. China demands, because they're putting so much money into our schools, demand to be in the campus, part of the campus. It, they're perceived as being part of the curriculum. I mean, that's their intent, and that's what's happened. So this is out there now, and Confucius Institutes then become a vehicle of Chinese propaganda. Nobody is even really disputing that. They're just trying to keep it quiet. And that's the reason I mentioned it today. You should be aware of this. They're all over Washington State and everywhere else. University of Washington has had one for quite a long time. I've heard that they've closed it. I don't know that for sure. But some have. Some schools have backed away. In fairness, I would tell you, they've, they've said, no, this is too much, too far. We're not going to do this. Or they're just afraid they'll be found out and the repercussions will be, you know, greater than the money that they're taking in. But ICE, a component of DHS, confirmed that the proposal was withdrawn very quietly President Biden withdrew it on the 26th of January. Why would he not want us to know how much money our schools are getting from the Chinese Communist Party? I don't know. But I know one thing. When Moses was talking to the Hebrew children in Deuteronomy, he made it very clear that you parents are responsible for your children. He said, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And he said, teach these principles diligently to your children. Deuteronomy 5, 6, 7, 8. He says, live a lifestyle that supports the principles. In other words, you are responsible parents, grandparents, for your children. Instruct them in the ways of the Lord. 
Thanks for being with me today. Always a pleasure. I'll see you right here tomorrow.